the homily for the feast day of Corpus Christi. <coughs> it is the truth that is held and taught everywhere by the Catholic Church, that during the sacrifice of the Mass to which we all have the privilege to assist, the priest, representing Christ, pronounces the same words that Jesus Christ pronounced during the Last Supper, and as soon as they are pronounced, the bread that was on the altar ceases to be bread and becomes the body of Jesus Christ, and the wine that was in the chalice ceases to be wine and becomes the blood of Jesus Christ. And this, we know, is not a figure of speech, it is not a representation, it is a physical reality. It is a reality where the physical presence of our Lord Jesus Christ is there. This cannot be questioned. As Catholics, we are willing to die for this truth. Today, my dear friends, we make a solemn proclamation of our faith, an undoubting adherence to this fact. We will have our Lord stand, remain on our altars. We will carry him as dignified as possibly in a golden monstrance. We will bring him to each of our souls in the act of Holy Communion. Today we look to the altar and we make an ardent declaration that our God is present among us, there under the appearance of bread. The white host that you receive and that you adore, my dear friends, is truly a human person, our Lord Jesus Christ, and you should treat him with the respect and reverence that is due to a human person of the highest dignity. But not only that, he is also a divine person, the Son of God. And for that reason, when you pass near him, when he is exposed, when you see him before communion, you must adore him, and that's why you get down on your knees to adore him as your God, as your Creator. Consider, my dear friend, that it would be fitting to speak of the Blessed Sacrament not as an it, but as a him. And truly we should say, Father is giving me Jesus Christ for Holy Communion. Father is reserving Jesus Christ in the tabernacle. If Father is coming to my home to give me communion, we could truly say, Father is bringing Jesus Christ to my home. And my dear friends, if you want to understand the difference between the Protestant religions and our Catholic faith, this is without a doubt the most crucial, the most fundamental one. In all other denominations, in all false religions, they do not have Jesus Christ present. It is only in the Catholic Church, in the true Catholic Church, that He is present, that He is honored in the Blessed Sacrament. Luther couldn't bring himself to believe that Jesus Christ would remain present in the Blessed Sacrament. He said, it is only a momentary thing. He denied the bread of the angels. He denied the wine that makes virgins. And as a punishment, he was abandoned to his base passions and ended up in sacrilegious adultery. Calvin, another enemy of our Lord in the Eucharist, denied that Jesus Christ ever made himself present in there. He said, I don't believe in a God that is so loving that he would descend into our hearts. Maybe he didn't say it with those words, but that's what he implied. His thwarted image of God was cold and cruel. He denied the sweet manna from heaven, this proof of love from our Lord. And as a punishment, he was abandoned to his errors. 
and he created a religion, cold and cruel, where men had no chance of salvation, and they had no freedom to choose right or wrong, where all that determined men's fate was a cold idea of predestination. Like this, my dear friends, many others have dared to deny the love of God for us in the Blessed Sacrament, all of them led by Satan. But the truth of the sacrament still shines forth. Allow me to tell you a story. In the year 1572, the followers of Calvin sacked the Cathedral of Gorham in Holland. Statues built with the efforts and money of the villagers were defaced. The windows were broken. The beautiful works of art made by the virtue and piety of their fathers and grandfathers were demolished. And in their demonic rage, these men took the consecrated hosts from the tabernacle, threw them on the floor, and all of them started trampling upon them. As they were doing so, one of the heretics, furiously stepping on the human person of our Lord, suddenly stops. Under his boot, there is blood. There was blood on the ground. From the precious host, blood was coming out as a witness to him that he was stepping upon a living person, that his crime was against the Son of God. And at that moment, his heart sunk and trembled. There was no other explanation. The Catholics were right. This was truly under his boot, the divine Son of God. The man obviously immediately converted. Hiding from the rest, he takes the host, he brings it with him, and he runs and tries to find the Catholic bishop. This host, my dear friends, was passed from the bishop to other dignitaries until it came to land on the hands of the king of Spain, Philip II, who placed the host in the monastery of El Escorial, where to this day this precious host is kept. Like this, my friends, there are many other miracles that confuse and show the lies of the enemies of the Church. Among these enemies, there is one that I haven't mentioned. I spoke of Luther. I spoke of Calvin. There is one enemy even more terrible that we see today, my dear friends, attacking the truth of the Holy Eucharist, but in a, in a very different way. And this is, my dear friends, what happened in the Catholic Church after Vatican II. Vatican II was the horrible betrayal by the part of the clergy against their Redeemer and their Master. Evil men, they cannot be called otherwise. For these men, not all of them, but the majority, took the greatest act of love, the most beautiful treasure that God had given the Church himself, and they turned it into his worst enemies. These were new Judases, a multitude of them, selling their Savior to those who hated him, to Protestants, to heretics, to men who denied the Eucharist. Luther had said, I don't believe he remains. Calvin had said, I don't believe he's there at all. Vatican II said, I don't care if he's there. And Paul VI, the so-called Pope who promulgated Vatican II, takes six Protestant pastors of the followers of Luther and Calvin 
to create a new mass, and they put the blessed sacrament in the hands of those who hated him, who did not believe in him. My dear friends, be not mistaken. This is the message that Vatican II sent to the faithful. They said, do not respect him anymore. Do not worship him. They said, do not kneel anymore. We don't care if he's there. They said, let the lay people handle him. We don't care if he's there. They said to the priests, have no care of the particles, of those particles that are in your fingers that perhaps fall to the floor, that people step on them. We don't care if he's there. Give it in the hands of the people. Let them put him in their pockets. Let them make a mockery of him if they want to. We don't care if he's there. Change the sacrament of orders for the priests. Change the sacrament of orders for the bishops. Risk to have invalid sacraments. We don't care if he's there and allow Protestants to take him into their soul. Even if they're in mortal sin, even if they don't believe, we don't care if he's there. That is the message that Vatican II sent. And it is a worse enemy than Luther and Calvin. And my dear friends, if this is so, what are we to say of those priests, of those supposedly traditional Catholic organizations that cooperate with the Novus Ordo, that cooperate with the new church, that bring priests of doubtful orders, putting their politics in the first place and leaving the security of the sacrament the respect due to the sacrament in the second place, putting in risk the validity of the consecration. What are we to say of them if not that they are saying and repeating the Vatican to him, we don't care if he is there. As for us, my dear friends, it is not so. We love our Lord Jesus Christ. We love him with all our heart. We do care that he's there. We put our utmost care for him. We will never yield him to politics. We pray that we never yield him to dastardly interests. We will never sell him. We pray to remain faithful to him. We pray that we continue to have the honor and privilege of arranging flowers for him, of leading him in procession. We pray that we may continue to keep him company here in this church. We pray that we are willing even to give our lives for him, that if someone comes into the church with a gun and they take a shot at the Blessed Sacrament, that we are willing before that to put our chests, our backs in front of the host and rather die than seeing the least damage inflicted upon our Lord, the least disrespect given him, the least risk of putting the validity of the sacrament in doubt. Today we honor, we adore, we praise and serve our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Because for us, we know without doubt that He does remain in it, that He truly is there, and we do care about Him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.